raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. WIBC is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. He is an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. The one and only Abdullah Keeb Shabazz. Joining us via telephone today as you are, uh, you're in court, right? Uh, yeah, over in Putnam County today. So I had to leave a little bit early and it was easy just to head out west as opposed to come downtown first and see your smiling face and cheerful disposition. Now, you, we should clarify, you were in court for someone else, not for yourself. Yeah, not, not, no, not for me. <laughs> Many <laughs> people would like it if you were in court for yourself, but uh, unfortunately not today. All right, so... If I'm, in, if I'm in court for me, we got a whole bunch of different <laughs> kind of issues going on. <laughs> All right, so let's start with... Uh, we talked about this yesterday on the program, and that was the idea that Eric Holcomb is now perhaps pondering a run for United States Senate. And for those of you who missed it yesterday, he got asked about potentially running for U.S. Senate. Here was his quote, quote, we've got a long session, January through April. We've got to win that race and first and foremost. There'll be time for me to think about the future in the future, but it would be next to irresponsible for me to take my eye off the job that I've gotten. Now, you and I have both shared, I think, an agreement that he would not run uh, for statewide office in the foreseeable future, but this certainly sounded like he was keeping his options open. You buy it that he's actually pondering a run for U.S. Senate. Um, I think I think it probably crosses his mind every once in a while, but I think uh, Eric, having known Eric for years, is more concerned about uh, Indiana's immediate future. And, and next session, we've got the budget coming up. Uh, we got healthcare issues, education issues. Got to talk about reinventing education. Got some of the other peripheral uh, issues that are out there as well. So I think I think his priority is, of course, getting through uh, getting through the end of April and getting through the next session. And then there'll be plenty of time to talk about whether it's going to run for the for the U.S. Senate or not. Uh, like I said, I don't think he'll say yes because if you say yes, then that changes the dynamics of everything politically in Indiana. If you say no, then then your name is sort of taken out. No one talks about you. So I think it's sort of that that middle, like, hey, you know what? It's I'm I'm focused on session right now. We'll worry about that. T- we'll, we'll worry about that bridge when it's time to cross it. You know, and you and I have talked about this, and we got into this last week about Suzanne Crouch running for governor. To many in our audience, it seems laughable to think, in the case of Suzanne, hey, someone who's totally attached at the hip with Holcomb could think they could get elected. Because in our audience, it's I think we have a lot more people who kind of know what's going on and are in tune with what's going on and tend to skew more conservative. And so amongst our audience, there are many of the people that, in the case of the governor's race in 2020, crossed over and voted for for Rainwater. But you made a good point, which is when you get out into a lot of these places outside of our listening area, and as Hammer describes in places that end in Ville, the, the outrage is not nearly as much. And Suzanne Crouch could become the Republican nominee for governor, and Holcomb could become uh, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate because they still, as weird as this sounds to say out loud, they still probably have 35 or 40 percent of the Republican Party in the state. Yes, and that's what I would argue uh, about Suzanne Crouch running for uh, running for governor in a, in a primary. Because you got to remember, a primary voter is different than a, than a than a delegate convention delegate voter, which is different than a general election voter. Because you had sort of different mindsets in each one of those three things. And Suzanne Crouch is about they'll say about forty forty five percent of the quote unquote establishment vote. Then that's enough for her to do relatively well, depending on how many people get in the, get in the governor's race. You know, got Mike Braun, you got Eric Doden talking about it. 
So from, so, so from that perspective, all things being equal, I would say the Suzanne Cross lieutenant governor wins. Now, it's also, you know, December 2022 and the election is until November 2024. Yeah. So the same. So the reason I mentioned that is if you're Holcomb and, and, you know, we said this before, like, well, look at the results of the convention. The delegates came out there and resoundingly rejected his his person because they're so mad at him. You made a great point on State House Happenings this morning. You said you got to remember, though, a delegate is not a primary voter. Explain. Uh, uh, to be a convention delegate, you got to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. Number one, you got to got to fill out paperwork. You, you got to get uh, elected to be a convention delegate, and then also you got to pay a fee. I mean, most people aren't going to do that unless you're hardcore, you know, true believers, whether it's ideologically or ideological or, or money or whatever. So to do all that, that's what you got to do to be to become a convention delegate. To become a primary voter, you don't have to do anything; just go declare a party and go vote. So that's why I say that the primary voter is a, is a lot different creature. Still conservative in Indiana, uh, more conservative than your general election voter. Uh, however, your primary vote is a totally different creature than your convention delegate. Yeah, Abdul joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. We're talking about the rumors that Eric Holcomb may be pondering a run for U.S. Senate. If you're Holcomb, and as you said, Abdul, as weird as it sounds for us to say, I think it's probably accurate statewide. He could get 35 to 40 percent of the vote potentially, depending on how much infinite money he has at his disposal. Are you looking at the fact of, hey, Jim Banks is probably definitely going to get in. Victoria Sparks is pondering getting in. Trey Hollingsworth might be getting in. And if you know, two or three of these people do get in and they're sort of pull, pulling from the same pool, splitting up that remaining whatever it is, 65, 60 percent of the vote, whatever it is. I could win this primary despite being loathed by, you know, 50 percent of the party. I could still win this primary based on the fact that if two or three of these people are in, they're splitting up the vote. Yes, because you got to remember, uh, in Indiana, to win a primary, you don't need a majority. You just need a plurality of, of the vote. So that's why you know, have someone. That way, technically, if you have enough people in the race, somebody can win with twenty-five percent of the vote and become uh, become your nominee. Now, that brings up another question: Is do we switch to kind of do what Alabama did, which is sort of rank choice? Uh, do do uh, not rank choice voting? That was Alaska was rank choice voting, where you basically label your candidates one, two, three, four, and as the bottom drops out. You take your next pick, or do you have a runoff situation where if you can't, no one gets fifty percent, you start all over again. So I think that I think that is a a a, a deeper question for for another time. However, at the same time, you don't need a plurality, you don't need a majority to win, just a simple plurality. Abdul joining us on the drivehubler.com hotline. Our friends over at Indiana Capital Chronicle had an interesting article the other day about voter turnout in Indiana, down 20% since the 2018 midterm. Now, that's not compared to 2020 when there was a presidential race. That's since the last midterm race, which was 2018. 20%, Abdul, that sounds like a lot uh, that sounds like a lot of people. Are you surprised that that many fewer people showed up to vote in this midterm? Uh, no, not necessarily, because you got to remember what drives voter turnout. What drives voter turnout are candidates and issues. At, at the end of the day, you, you can make it as easy to vote as humanly possible. If people have no reason to come out, then what's the, what's the point? So I think candidates and issues drive the race. What I will, what I'd love to do is do a dive on places that had say, say school referendums on the ballot. Yeah. And what was their what was their turnout? Because I'm assuming that turnout was a lot more. Uh, but the fact you have so much gerrymandering in Indiana that you have a lot of people who ran unopposed. Then, then why come out and vote for your state senator or state rep if they don't have an opponent? And if you think 
say Todd Young is automatically going to win. Well, and so that's a great question, right? Like you, me, the people in Indianapolis media, we got super into the Secretary of State race because Diego Morales is such an egregious candidate. And we said, well, surely people are going to show up in droves to reject this guy because who would want this unqualified goober running elections or, you know, running auto dealers or, or running businesses in this state? But the reality seems to be the top of the ticket was a total snoozer in Todd Young and Tom McDermott. James Siniak didn't light anybody on fire. And so these down-ballot races just really don't motivate people often other than maybe super local things like a school referendum. Exactly. And once again, it's issues and candidates that will always drive voter turnout, which is why you had uh, such massive turnout, say, in the Georgia election race earlier, uh, the Georgia runoff earlier this year, because you had a, you had a spirit of contest. So, uh, so from that perspective, um, you, you, you got to remember that it is candidates and issues at the end of the day, and it always will be. Only three counties, according to Indiana Capital Chronicle, were above 51% of our 92 counties. So one out of every 30 counties, basically. Crawford, Spencer, and Union. That is there anything we can do? You're a teacher. You're, you're It's a final season for you guys at the college level. Is there anything that can be done other than, hey, it's a presidential year and Donald Trump is on the ballot and and Bernie Sanders is on the ballot. Is there anything we can do to motivate people to get more involved or want to be more interested? Or are we just are we done with that? And it's only people and candidates that motivate. Um, I would change if we're going to get more people to vote. I have to change. I have to change our system in a sense that get rid of from a from a strict straight primary system, either go to an open primary or, or maybe sort of a runoff uh, type system, because at the end of the day, if it's just one person um, on the ballot in your in your in your legislative district, then one vote they they automatically won. Hopefully, because in the theory they voted for themselves. So, uh, before we let you go, uh, Mike Braun has an internal poll out that shows him up eight million points on the other three people. One already running, another likely running for uh, the Republican uh, primary for governor. That's Suzanne Crouch and Eric Doden. Do we take any stock in internal polls that are put out by candidates? Uh, not this early, no. I, 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 re- I really don't because, number one, it's it's an internal poll, and who's going to put out a poll that says, "Hey, we're losing"? That's, yeah. that's not that's not going to not going to happen. Uh, this is more for for the donor class, for the political class, uh, to maybe sort of scare off types of opponents, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's. I mean, this poll shows Braun forty seven percent, Suzanne Crouch ten percent. There is no way Suzanne Crouch is getting ten percent in a Republican primary for governor. I think you and I can both agree on that. Uh, exactly. That's why I, I, I take all this with with a big, giant uh, grain of salt, believe you me. All right. He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. Today, he's an attorney, the one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.